standing by right now is the one and the only Sean Mooney. Who? Mooney, everybody's got a price for the million dollar man. <laughs> After you threw him off through the announce table, Taker climbs back down, he gets in the ring, and he goes, see if he's breathing. So right before I called 911, I thought she'd fallen asleep. Kind of shook her a little bit to, to wake her up, and she did not respond. I don't go down to my go to my grave, testifying or whatever, swearing that Davey was not on drugs. If he was on drugs, the way Brett says, how does I mean, how great does that make Davey? Are you laughing, Sean? I get off the track here all the time. Did you just laugh, Sean? If they would do a movie about your life, who would you want to play your part? <laughs> Uh, well, George Clooney, of course. <laughs> Who else could it be? Attention, Sean Mooney, you scum, you slime, you maggot. If there's no further questions, you're dismissed. Carry on, maggot. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Prime Time. Coming off a great episode with the creators of the awesome series, Dark Side of the Ring. One I thoroughly enjoyed because of not only the tremendous stories they've told so far but also because of my production background early on in my career with Major League Baseball productions. I've told you guys snippets uh, through, uh, you know, through the episodes, but um, I just, uh, just am fascinated by how uh, people actually put these series together. I, was, I did it at one point in my life, and it was uh, fantastic. I mean, if I wouldn't have stepped in front of a camera, that's where I would have stayed. I would have been a producer. I would have stayed a producer. And I just loved how they were able to put the show together in, uh, you know, just to do that in itself was a great story. Then also hearing about the stories that they featured in the series was great as well. And what's even better, uh, they have officially announced that the second season of Dark Side of the Ring is going to be coming out. And I have to uh, be transparent. I, transparent. I did know when we recorded this that uh, another season was coming, but they asked me to hold off announcing it because of a few final issues they were working out. So we had a little kayfabe going there, but I was more than happy to to let let them make that announcement, <laughs> let them make it official. Uh, but it is awesome news that they will again be bringing us more tales from the dark side of the ring. And I want to thank director Jason Eisner and producer Evan Husney for coming on. Uh, we'll have to have them back when they wrap up season two. I know they've got some great stories. They mentioned uh, that they had been working on that Dino Bravo episode. So I think you can expect that one and uh, and some other great ones. All right. I also want to take uh, time out here to uh, recognize our Patreon members and uh, those who submitted some really, really great stuff. Uh, uh, their favorite memory or their encounter. Uh, also, some great tributes to Rowdy Roddy Piper. Uh, today, uh, July 31st, the day that this episode drops, is um, a sad anniversary. Uh, four years ago, July 31st, 2015, Roderick George Toombs, a.k.a. Rowdy Roddy Piper passed away, and what an incredible person! Just uh, really interesting. He was controversial. He was he was just he was just Roddy, and I got a chance to work with Roddy a bit back during my time with the WWF. But as I have mentioned the story uh, before, that always stands out to me happened years after uh, I worked at the WWF, and we were both at the one thousandth episode of Raw. Uh, I was asked to appear on that show, and uh, so was Roddy. He was there. And he was just so great to my son, Kyle. And I'll, I'll quickly retell it, but uh, 
you know, they had everybody in a place, you know, the, the Legends locker room, and they, they let me uh, in there because uh, they didn't have anywhere else to put me. <laughs> but, but anyway, I took Kyle with me, and we had this uh, whirlwind. He was a young, young kid at the time. He was about 12, and um, he was, uh, you know, just so excited to be there. And, and the whole trip was about 27 hours in total. We flew there, did the show, stayed the night, and got out the next morning, but it was just awesome. And uh, Roddy was in the locker room. We, we caught up and, you know, talked about old stories and that kind of thing. But he was uh, just so awesome to Kyle. Really, he just, he, he like adopted him for the night and just kept coming over and, and telling him stories and, and bringing him over to, bring, to meet some of the other guys. And when we left that night, Roddy literally gave Kyle the shirt off his back. He gave Kyle his shirt, which he still has to, the, to this day, you know, the Hot Rod T-shirt, the one that everybody... Uh, has seen over the years and I never ever forgot that and it just reiterated to me just what a a great person he was he didn't have to do that and he he was just he was just great so uh, uh, his loss was was it was a great one to the world of professional wrestling and every and in the world of entertainment and I cannot believe if you go look on you know like his IMBD or you know where they have these sites where they keep track of the movies people made and you it's unbelievable how many movies that that he he did during the course of his career when he wasn't wrestling, I, I mean you don't see a lot of big stars who did as many movies as he did, and they may not have been these big blockbusters or whatever you want to call them B movies or, but man he did some he did you know like four in a year you see like a lot of these stars if they do two or so unless of course you're the Rock who does one like every month but really ahead of his time, as far as uh, the crossover and you know people like to think Hulk. You know, did that, uh, but Hulk was nowhere near close to what Roddy was doing, and really, uh, you know, went mainstream as far as being an actor, and just enacted all you know into just a few years ago. He was still doing movies, so what a what a career uh, he had, and what an incredible entertainer. And uh, got off track here, uh, giving you know, ma- paying tribute to Roddy, and and of course the anniversary of his death. But uh, one of the things we were doing is I haven't had an opportunity or have an opportunity. I'm going to be part of this documentary that they're doing on Roddy. And uh, we got to talking. I got to talking with the producers, and I mentioned that, you know, we have a lot of people that I do, uh, I'm in contact with through my podcast. And they said, well, it would be awesome in the segment if we could set it up and actually bring some of these people on with you. And so that's, uh, we put the word out to everybody, uh, all of our Patreon members, and said, hey, give us your greatest encounter memory uh you know thoughts about roddy piper and i would collect them and i turned them all over to the producers and let them decide who they wanted to uh also have involved in the in the um the uh, documentary and so uh, again i want to thank you all and if you were chosen i've already contacted you and we're doing this very soon uh, but uh, I want to thank everybody for being a part of it, and we'll we'll do more stuff like this. This is one thing I love about uh, having you know the patrons. We can, whenever I have a chance to uh, share something and uh, have you guys be a part of it, you know I absolutely will. And it's all part of being a Patreon member. If you haven't joined us, we'd love to have you check it all out at Patreon.com/slash/PrimetimeMooney. Patreon.com/slash/PrimetimeMooney. And another shout out to our Patreon members. Really great job, guys. Uh, you guys uh, you know, really responded to it, and I cannot wait to do the segment with uh, those that they, they picked. All right, another great episode this week. Savio Vega uh, won the poll this week, as chosen by our Patreon members. And although I never got the chance to work with Savio, 
but I have watched a lot of his matches, and man, did he have some good ones. What, what, uh, what a great hand, as they uh, call someone who is a, a great performer in the ring. And my favorites were the ones that he had with Steve Austin. I don't know if you've ever seen these matches, but these two guys just had tremendous chemistry, and he will talk about it in uh, this conversation, among many other topics. And uh, I love my conversation with Savio. Still as excited about what he did in the ring as the first day he stepped into it. So let's get to it. Ding, ding, ding. Juan Rivera is part of a tremendous legacy of great professional wrestlers. A a fraternity of just tremendous athletes from Puerto Rico who brought a style to the ring that still impacts the business today. But Savio Vega, as he is better known, possessed a style that combined incredible athleticism and badass toughness that was his very own. Savio, thank you so much for joining us on Primetime. How are you? Thank you. Thank you very much for having me here and, uh, you know, to talk to the fans. So uh, it's a pleasure. Thank you very much. Yeah, I tell you, you know, the, you, you, uh, he, you are a yeah. you are you are a legend, too. <laughs> well, thank you very much. You I are. appreciate that. I don't know about that, but thank you. But, yes, sir. You but, are. Yeah, but I tell you, I mean, you're right in the uh, uh, the, the the people who listen to Primetime, my podcast, are they, they, Savio, they love that era. The 80s, the 90s yes. is uh, yes. it's just a, a golden time, and people just, just love that period. Why do you think that that yes. was such a great time for professional wrestling? Characters. Yeah. Characters. Yeah. You have characters. You have, you have people that, that you don't see these days. Yeah. You have uh, you have a uh, well you have Andrew the Giant you have a Bruno the Butcher you have Bruce Brody you have uh, a Junior Dog you have Jim Duggins you have Hulk Hogan's you got characters yeah. you see characters you you see people that you don't see these days I mean of course these days you have a new era you know and you have different characters but the, that time that those eighties those Let's say the seventies, eighties, nineties. Yeah, uh, was was characters. I mean, you know, see, uh, uh, no more uh, the big guy, the, maybe the fat guy, but the, that fat guy that moved fast. That was, you know, a gimmick. Yeah. You know, it, yeah. it, it, now everybody want to be slim, beautiful, uh, pretty. Yeah. You know, and uh, you, you don't see characters. Yeah. I believe that's one of the major keys. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. No, no, no. I think you're very right there, sir. And and the other thing was that they uh, they gave them the chance to develop those characters. They lived it, you know. And I think that that is a big difference today because, uh, you know, we hear more about mm-hmm. how it's scripted and everything. But they don't get the mm-hmm. opportunity and they don't travel and they don't uh they aren't with the crowd like that as much as they were back then. Now, some of these independent operations are. And I think that's why we're seeing uh, the emergence of some of these independents doing so well. But as far as the you know, yeah. WWF as as we knew it, and now the, of course the WWE, those guys, you know, they just they lived their characters. They really did. It was just amazing. Yeah, yeah. And they they are characters. You see those guys in the street, and you recognize yeah. them right away. Yeah. You see a picture somewhere, and boom, you know. This day, of course, you're gonna recognize these guys too because they're on tv you know and major time tv but and you you hit something very right that the promoter the promotions work 
on push the character because that was the big time heel. And you need to uh, put some heat on, let's say, Abdullah the Butcher. Yeah. Uh, let's say the TNT. I was doing the character here as the TNT. So when TNT arrived, uh, nobody knows who that guy. Mm -hmm. A new guy had just arrived, bald head guy, paint, paint in the face. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I was having something different from everybody. I was martial artist. Yeah. So I use my my kicks and my 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 knowledge of, on Taekwondo in the ring. Yeah. When the time was right to do it, no, every time you have to be a penny. You have to be, uh, you know, you need to have a good time to to be in the spot, and and, and the promotions, of course, have to work on put some heat on you because. Uh, you're gonna uh, uh, face Shen, and Shen is the champion. So here come TNT. TNT was for almost a year uh, undefeated. Was uh, he was I was beating everybody left and right uh, because my goal was face Carlos Colon for the universal title. Right. So I I, I don't work. I don't wrestle on on the on the house shows around the island. I just went to one spot, TV, and I was on TV for almost a year, beating people left and right, building that character. Mm -hmm. Then one of the, the TV directors, uh, he said, I have an idea. I said, what? He said, let's make a video. Uh, let's do a video. Mm -hmm. We took almost a month. We, we did almost a, a movie because uh, we shoot in different parts of the island uh, about this character. And, and this day, that video is still on, on YouTube. It's on YouTube. And people here in the island, you know, when they see me and they talk about TNT, they touch the video because the video was uh, so good by the time, you know, when, when we did by the 80s. And, uh, but these days, it's, it's different. It's kind of a more rush, more fast. I mean, you need to sell the TV, have to be short time to do this. Let's go to the next one. Let's yeah. go to the next one because you don't want those ratings to drop. But at the same time, you took, I don't know, you take a little bit from that heat of the, you know, it's different. You know, anyway, it's, it's kind of a different era, uh, different mind of selling TV. But it, I, we still believe, and we do it here in my company, in IWA Puerto Rico. Yeah. We work with the heat because the people know if uh, wrestling is a stage, but they love if you do it the right way, they come. Yeah. If you book it the right way, they come. So, I mean, I believe I love wrestling since I see wrestling when I was a kid. I watched wrestling on TV. I got in love and I've been doing this for almost 35 years. Yeah. And, well, and I still, still, still work yeah, I know you are. And uh, but let's let's back up because you mentioned uh -huh. Puerto Rico and and the, the rich influence. Uh, I mentioned when we started our conversation, it, there's just this mm -hmm. incredible legacy of uh, yep. professional wrestlers from Puerto Rico. You know, you mentioned Carlos Colon, mm -hmm. Pedro Morales. You can go on and Morales. On. Why why such yeah. a rich history of professional wrestling uh, in Puerto Rico? Well, the by my knowledge and me talking to the old timers uh, before some of them already passed away. Yeah. Uh, and, and what I see on TV, when I, when I got in love with wrestling was watching 
Titan of the Ring, Titanes en el Ring. They come from Argentina, Martin Caravacan. Mm -hmm. And you see there big time characters. You got the mummy, you got the guy with the STP car, yeah. uh, racing car. I mean, full, full, full 125% characters. Yeah. And, uh, and, and what I see, when I see uh, that, I got in love. Now, when I went inside the wrestling company, Uh -huh. They start working with uh, what is it called with that uh, that part of the uh, the uh, character. Yeah. And and uh, uh, my my mind, Shane, is is already going so many ways, man. The the, the uh, I going crazy with <laughs> with thinking and and I just transportation my myself to the 80s yeah. and and see things. Uh, why is so rich? Because by the era of the 70s, 75, 70, 74, yeah. and Capital, Capital Sport Promotion, Carlos Colon Company, opens here in Puerto Rico, was another company uh, around, small companies, but no TV. Why is so rich? Because they have TV. And here in Puerto Rico, that was the soap opera of Saturdays uh, and Sundays. The telenovela. <laughs> that telenovela, exactly. <laughs> Why? Because I mean, of course, you have baseball, local baseball, yeah. double A, yeah. local. You got some basketball, but none of that was TV like wrestling. Wrestling yeah. would come out on TV every Saturday at noon, and Puerto Rico stopped to watch wrestling. That's why you see those stadium. You got fifteen, twenty thousand people here, there. I mean, every every weekend sold out left and right then then you got the big uh, uh matches carlos colon against abdullah the butcher yeah. then you got the invader against uh whoever you got the shepherders uh in puerto rico you got the assassins you got the jasons you got the, the abdullah i mean you got you name you name it the, the samoans uh the sheiks etc they all uh, there oh yeah. yeah oh yeah with gorilla monsoon was part of the company yeah Yeah, and right. yeah, and Gorilla come down and he boxed in the Lubier Stadium against Andrew the Giant. Yeah. He got a boxing match. <laughs> funny, 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 yeah. funny. Uh, <laughs> they they enjoy it. I know that's, they enjoy it. That's really uh, cool. When when you see that as a fan, I mean, you are like, oh come on, yeah, do this and do that. Now when you are inside, you see the match very t big time different. Yeah. So. That that era, that golden era, was the beginning of many many things because was a, a new breed of kids growing up, watching that wrestling, entertaining themselves with that kind of a wrestling, and uh, and, and and you see it on TV. Yeah. On 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 Mondays, we we got together in the school to talk about what happened on TV and what, uh, uh, do you went to the wrestling match on Saturday? Yes. What happened? This and this, and that one wins. And what happened? All this one. I mean, I mean, you got the whole story there, yeah. you know, and, uh, that, that, that's what, one of the things that get me, uh, in love with wrestling. Yeah. Why, are, uh, why are people there? They're so, they're so passionate about their wrestling there. I mean, to the point where it was dangerous, uh, if you're a heel yeah. <laughs> to be there, but why, <laughs> well, why are they just so I, passionate I, about it? It's, it's a story, uh, you know, the people believe it big time. Yeah. Then you got, you got, you got a Carlos Colon local guy, 
uh, uh, battling these monsters coming from the, from the States uh, and make him suffer, then you want to see your rooster. You know, you want to see your, your fighting, you cut a fight, yeah. uh, uh, you know, to, to make that comeback. And the way they sell it, that's the way they hook the people. Oh, man. So, timing. Timing. Yeah. I mean, why, if you rush in a, a spot in where I have you in a hole or whatever, and you get up like nothing happened, that's what kills wrestling. Yeah, you got to sell. Why? You you kill it. Yeah. If, if, if you hurt because I work in your neck or your leg or whatever, and you do a knee pop like nothing happened, all the work that I did to make you spot, I mean, you come back. Yeah. Better and hot, you just kill it. Yeah, storytelling. These days, yeah, these, these, yeah, Sally, to, storytelling. Yeah. Here in Puerto, here in Puerto Rico, that, that happened. I, I worked with few of my guys, mm-hmm. and that happened in the ring. Yeah. And you have to hear me in the ring. I mean, take your time. Where are you going? I, I mean, it's like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. I mean, I, when, when we opened IWA in the ni- 99, yeah. 99, uh, and I just we just finished uh, w, WWF. Yeah. Uh, I have the chance to to work with a new era of guys, and I was in the ring. Miguel was in the ring. Castillo was in the ring, and other old timers. You know, from uh, we call it old timers now, but in that time in the '99s, you know, we we work hard, and we teach those guys. We have the chance to teach them the timing. Take your time. Why? Because this, and we have the time to explain them. These days, it's a little hard because we are not working every week like before. Because, I mean, we just started in January and things still slow. So so we are working on that. It's a project yeah. that we have in, in our hands to teach this new era of kids Uh how to take your time and sell it. If you sell it, they buy it. Yeah, tell us. I mean, if you if if you yeah, if you don't sell it, but I mean, I mean, oh, I have a great match. Why you have a great match? Because I you jump like a like a kangaroo in the ring. You do twenty flip flop, and you hurt your knee. I mean, that, that's that's not the the way to work. Yeah. I mean, tomorrow we need to jump in the ring again. So it's a business. Yeah, you well need then, to make but, money. Yeah, but then it becomes a gymnastic show, and that's not what it's about. Uh, you got to tell a story uh, along the way. No. Uh, before we talk exactly. about your your uh, entrance into professional wrestling, I mean, you're a legit martial artist. And was yeah. that uh, your first love, and then did it transition into professional wrestling, or is this something you thought that it might help you uh, become a better performer? How did the uh, martial no, arts no, fit into your life no. as a young kid? Uh, this day in my hometown, I see a, a flyer oh. of uh, they're going to do an exhibition, a martial artist in- exhibition, one block from my house. And I said, I want to go there. I like that. I, let me see, yeah. you know. Yeah. So uh, my, my uncle's box, you know, they do boxing. Mm-hmm. And my, my, my dad was uh, 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 weightlifting. And uh, I was around that, you know, a little bit. And uh, so when I see this uh, exhibitionist, uh, Taekwondo, uh, I love it. I say I want to, I want, I want to be part of that. So I talked to my grandma. I talked to my dad. I said, let's do it. So I started, you know, uh, getting some classes. It's one block from my house. I was there Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 
I mean, I never miss a day. Yeah. Uh, I got my black belt mm-hmm. in, in Taekwondo. Mm-hmm. I, I teach, I, then I went, you know, become a teacher. Then I opened my school. Uh, at the same time, I was doing wrestling, starting wrestling. Uh, who took me, I mean, my first love was watching the TV. Right. Dennis and Rink. Yeah. Then one of my uh, friends from the Taekwondo school, he left. He come back as, like a one year later, and uh, we are stretching. And I asked him, "What are you doing?" He say, "I was wrestling." Mm-hmm. And I just grabbed him by the kimono, brother. I just grabbed him. I say, "Do you doing what?" He's a wrestling. I said, I want, you have to take me there. I want to go there. I want to be a wrestler. Yeah. He's like, okay, leave me alone. I said, hey, no, no lying. It's, this is true. I yeah. just grab him and you have to take me there. I was like, you're going to take me to Disneyland? Yeah. You know, so, and, uh, so, so he, he said, yeah, okay, I'll take you. And it was next town in Dorado, Puerto Rico. So I don't have a car. I don't, I don't drive. So, I was telling my friends, i give you $2 and take me to Dorado, you know, for gas. And uh, they took me there, and uh, I went to the gyms. When, when I see that ring, I went like, oh, my God, I'm here. So uh, brand new, first time. Uh, and I started taking some bumps. Sometimes I went to that gym, and nobody, none of the wrestlers arrived because they already have, you know, they're old-timers, let's say. In, in that in that part, they're already training and they're doing matches here, there. Uh, wow. So sometimes I arrive at the gym and was there by myself. I remember, Shane, I, I have the idea how to throw the drop kick because I was... Uh, you I, had no I, one I, really training good, you? Well, I have few guys right. that train me. I, don't, I, I cannot mention just one guy and right. say, that's my teacher. Yeah. I learned from many, many Picking guys. things up when from you, here and there, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, so this day, nobody's there. I got a, a piece of, uh, uh, what's it called, uh, foam yeah. and roll it and tie it to the ropes. And I have the idea how to, uh, you know, throw a drop kick. So when I throw that drop kick, my legs got hooked on the ropes face first. Boom! On the canvas. <laughs> I get up right away, was saw the people doing weightlifting over there, and I just turn around, look, nobody see me. I took the, the foam out of the rope, changed, and left, you know? <laughs> and, uh, uh, I mean, I love the business so much that I was watching wrestling, uh, reading the magazines, going to the arenas. Then later I found out that my uncles was doing security with the Carlos Colon company. Mm. So I went there with them. And I was going to the matches for free. Then later, I become uh, uh, a security guard to be more close to the wrestling. And I was already training. Uh, one day, Isaac Rosario, he was one of the teachers of Carlos Colon. Uh, we went to his hometown to do a, a match. Uh, and he saw me. He said, what are you doing here? I said, I'm going to wrestle. So you're going to wrestle? You're a wrestler? Said, well, you know. And when I finish, he come back to the dressing room and say, you are better than all these guys here. And I really? just look like I say, hey, yeah. I say, I say, please, you know, you, you make me, you know, uh, they're going to jump on me because yeah. uh, you saying that. He said, I'm going to talk to Carlos uh, to give you a tryout. Uh, I, say, I look and I said, wow, all the guys are looking at me like a, 
hey, help me, help me. I said, hey, I didn't even have nothing yet, <laughs> you know. Right. So Saturday, come, you know, next week, Saturday, come, and and uh, I said, look for me. And uh, he said, stand up here in the front of the dugout. We are in the Lubrian Stadium that day. Uh, and Carlos come and look at me. So I'm, I was outside. He looked at me, and uh, he said, talk to Invader. And after Invader finished the match, they called me in the dressing room. He said, "Do you have your gear?" I said, "Yes, I don't have all the all the stuff, you know." Yeah. Say, "Well, uh, on Wednesday we go to Bayamon uh, to do TV. Can you make it?" I said, "Yes." Mm. So I was there. I did three matches. Uh, I believe one sing, two singles, no, two matches. One single with uh, Estrada, yeah. Jose Estrada Senior. Mm-hmm. I did one match with him. I remember I potato him with a crossline. <laughs> And uh, yeah, I just crossed my hand. Ball! I'm, I'm, I just ready to say, I'm sorry. Say that's okay. That's okay. Just continue. Uh, I was all nervous. Right. And another one was with Brett, one of the Bret Hart, Bret Hart brothers. He was living here in Puerto Rico. Yeah. Then later they said, "Well, next week TV again." Then from there, I never stopped. Wow. You know, every weekend, every week they book me. Then they say, "Can you make it to the towns?" So yes. So they start booking me in towns. And I start making a little bit money, and now he love it more. Yeah. I did twenty million, twenty million and one characters with them. Yeah, really. I wrestle, yeah. Uh, yeah, I wrestle, yeah. I, I, I wrestle as a assassin, the Inferno with Gypsy Joe. Gypsy Joe and me, yeah. we did the Infernos and we did the assassins. Uh, uh, I wrestle as Juan Rivera, El Colsario, mm. TNT. I mean, uh, ooh, you yeah. mentioned. Lots of masks. You know, when some, yeah, under mask. Work, <laughs> be anybody, uh, right? I, I work with, yeah. oh, you yeah. know that. Yeah. And uh was having fun, learning yeah. from everybody. I was learning, uh, my English by that time was worse than now, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> but I was there with, with all these uh, uh, guys from the States. Yeah. Then Eric Embry was one of my bookers. Uh, Luke Williams was uh, another. Leo Berg, Dutch Mantel. Uh, they're the bookers that work with me. Mm-hmm. And uh, Luke booked book me in uh, Tennessee. I don't know what happened in Tennessee. They changed it for Louisiana, for Bill Watts' uh, territory. And I was there for four months. My dad don't want me to go there. But I say I want to go. I want to go. I was so excited, you know. A uh, little story there. When I arrived in, in Baton Rouge, a small airport, my bags got lost, you know. Uh-oh. And my, I don't speak no English. My, no gear, no nothing. Yeah. And uh, I'm like, uh, okay, now I, got, I call my mom. I say, I want to come back home. <laughs> she said, no, no, stay there. And I hear these people speaking Spanish. Humans and I, I just I talked to the lady. I said, "Excuse me, uh, what happened with the bags? I hear you saying the bags coming." So yeah, the bags coming in the next plane because they blah 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 blah. I All said, right. "Okay, now I got the info." So I wait for my bag. Here I see my bag. I was so happy, you know. I grab my bag. Now uh, it's a Friday, and and Mid South Wrestling was in in uh, uh, ooh, I forget. Somewhere, somewhere in, in Louisiana. So uh, I call Luke. By that time, of course, no cell phones, no beeper, no nothing. Right, I have yeah, to wait yeah. 
I have to wait till almost one o'clock in the morning to talk to Luke mm. because because the uh, they are in Ponce, which is in the south area of San Juan, uh-huh. so south area south area of the of the island, and it's like two hours driving. So when I talk to him, uh, he say, "Don't worry, they they work in Lafayette, Lafayette. Yeah. They work in Lafayette, and he's gonna pick you up." I was there already six o'clock. I have to wait almost to three o'clock in the morning when they come back and pick. And here come Grizzly Smith, uh, uh, Grizzly Smith in uh, Impala, white Impala. <laughs> Still remember? So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Juan? He's like, Juan? Yeah. So, yes. Oh, oh, listen to this. That airport is so small that 12 o'clock midnight, they close the airport. <laughs> you have to go outside. <laughs> exactly. So I was. I was outside. I was outside yeah. when another guy, I mean, somebody, somebody that he was there, they come and pick him up, and I was there by myself. Oh, boy. Sit down in the dark. Yeah, and you have no like, idea oh, what's going to happen with uh, I career. Know, I don't yeah. even know my name. Yeah. So I was there, and now why, why, why my dad don't want me to go? Well, he say, well, you know, you go into Tennessee, it's going to be a lot of racists over there. And it's gonna be you're gonna be in trouble. You don't yeah. speak English. Right. I say uh, I, I want to go. So I say, well, they they change uh, they change Louisiana. I mean, they change uh, Tennessee. It's gonna be Louisiana. It's a worse. I'm like, uh, well, I want to go. Yeah. You know, and I, I, I hey, I got my ticket, and here I go. So uh, when I was in that airport, that come in my head. So my my self defense in taekwondo uh kick in so i'm sitting there i say something happened i have to start kicking some ass because yeah. i don't want to you know nobody gonna touch me right if they're gonna touch me i'm gonna be dead but i'm gonna fight yeah so uh, to be honest here caught about three o'clock in something in the morning here come the white palas one yes versus me I said, "Oh God, here I come!" <laughs> he he booked me in a hotel. He said, "Tomorrow's Candoragbar. He's gonna meet you. He's gonna be your manager." Blah blah blah. Okay. okay. So next day I saw Candoragbar. Let's go, and we have we have a match somewhere. Uh, three o'clock in the lobby. All right, let's go. Yeah. So uh, I I was there for almost four months, uh, working with Ray Candy, Kamala. Make uh, that's when I meet uh, James over there, Kamala. I work with uh, Jake the Snake Roberts, yeah. which oh, Jake South, I always Mid South was great back then. God, they had some bro- great brother personalities. Yeah, that's that. That's why I say yeah. when uh, when I learn from these guys, look who I working with. Yeah. Jake the Snake. Jake yeah. was my teacher in in the spots. He took his time to explain me everything. And how uh, old? How old are you now? At that point, how old were you then? Ah. Uh, I was in my twenties, twenty, twenty, twenty-two, maybe twenty-three, yeah. Yeah, around just, there. Yeah, just a kid. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and and first time out of my my parents' side, you know. Uh, but I was in my way to be a man. Yeah. So uh, I need, and and I didn't even know. So Jake helped me a lot. Worked with Jim Duggan, Ted DiBiase. Uh, yeah, God. Uh, Bill Watts, time. my first. Brother, my first uh, uh, night was in uh, what is it called, Astrodome? Mm-hmm. 
Oh, in, in, in Houston or where? Uh, no, in, uh, sorry, uh, Louisiana. What is it called? New Orleans. Oh, the uh, uh, yeah, Superdome, no? Super, yeah, Something yeah, yeah. Like Superdome. It's not around anymore, but yeah, the Superdome. Yeah. No? It, okay. That's where yeah. you guys had the, the event? The, the, the first, they have a big show, and that was my, my running. Yeah. I have to do a running. What happened there, Shane? I, I, <laughs> here come Bill Dundee was the booker. Yeah. And, and we, and let's, and he said, let's go, kid. We need to walk. So we start walking and walk and walk. And that's a big, huge uh, building. Yeah. And he said, okay, here. I said, I'm blind. I use glasses. I'm blind. And the ring is far away. He said, okay, when I told you go, you're going to start running. And don't stop till you see the ring. You go inside, kick Bill Watts, and get out. Nah. Okay. <laughs> that was <your laughs> he bet. Said, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he said, go now. So I start running and running and running. Now I'm running, looking at the ring. I'm running, looking at the ring. When I see clothes, I see the fence. When I see the fence, I'm looking for, you know, a hole to go. I'm looking for the hole and running and running. Till I see the hole, go through the hole, jump the fence, get inside the ring, do the kick. Uh, when I when I do the kick, I'm so nervous. Yeah. Give him the kick, uh, jump out, and I jump on the table. By the time they have a table next to the ring, I jump on the table. I miss. I, I make a. I make a big mess <laughs> on the table. When I start running out, it's a it's a police. To me, it was a security guard. I don't know what the, you know. It's real police, and I just hit. I just tackle that guy. <laughs> Boom! Jeez. And I just continue running uh. to the dressing room. Uh. When I'm in the dressing room, there it start changing. Whatever, uh, I swear, man, it's like twenty cops. Wow. And here come one of the guys to say, uh, "Hey, uh, Juan." He said, "Yes, the police want to talk to you." I said, "The police?" Here come Christian Smith. They're yelling. They're mad. They're mad. <laughs> and uh, they, one of the guys, uh, I forget his name, he speaks Spanish. Yeah. And and listen, and, and he explained. He said, "When you come out of the ring, you hit the cops." I say, "Well, he was there, and I just pushed him to the side." I say, "You cannot do that. There's state police." And, oh, and he's explaining. I'm like, a, <laughs> I'm, I'm like, a, okay, I'm sorry. You say so. They accept the uh, you know, sorry yeah, yeah. and the uh, apologies and. He said, don't do that again. Yeah, Never. Was part ever. of the work Don't here. worry. <laughs> exactly. So uh, That's great. I'm like, oh, my God. Thank you, God, that this guy was there, yeah. and he speaks Spanish, and yeah. he helped me in that. And I said, well, if he speaks Spanish, he's going to help me a lot because now I'm going to understand better the how to move over here. Yeah. But that night, he finished, and he went to uh, Dallas. Right. I'm like, please don't go. Go, go, right, man. Yeah, it's like, no, I, you know, I'm book, I'm book over there. I'm like, oh, okay. So Pete, his name was Pete. Huh. Yes, Pete Rose. Yeah. Exactly. It was Pete Rose. So he, he left to uh, uh, Dallas, and I stayed there in Tennessee, um, in Louisiana. I was there for almost four months, maybe five months. Wow. Then I, I come back to Puerto Rico. I did a little bit of the Infernos. Then I went to Mexico. Then from Mexico, that's when I come back, and we did the TNT character. Yeah. You know, then then from there, Japan, Mexico, Puerto Rico, and then WWF. Yeah, and but there's there's always been this relationship though with the uh, the WWF and, and Puerto Rico. You mentioned you know the World Wrestling yeah. Council, and that was yeah. kind of where they found a lot of talent 
because, or if they wanted mm-hmm. somebody to, to who who had a lot of raw talent, they would send them there, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. I yeah, I tell yeah. you, I didn't know, and you know, I was very close to Gorilla. I I never mm-hmm. knew that that he was. I knew that you know he had connections there, but I didn't know he was actually one of the people that uh, was kind of the founders of all that with with yeah, Carlos, with, right? With 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 Victor Quinones, yeah, was in peace and soul. Quinones was one of the uh, investors here too with Gorilla Monsoon. Wow, and uh, that's why the the connection of bring uh, the Iron Sheik, bring uh, Fuji, right, and Tanaka bring the, the Samoans. I mean, you name it. They bring a bunch of guys from, from the States when when WWF was just local in the States. Right. You know, New York area, that area. Yeah. Uh, till later, they start getting big and big. So, I, I have the chance to work with, uh, I mean, almost all those guys. Right. Yeah. Uh, they, 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 uh, I almost worked with Flair one time, but they, they, they make a, a, a storyline here in Puerto Rico me and another guy, so we went the different way. But I almost had the chance to work with Rick. Yeah. Uh, Miguelito Perez worked with him. Uh, and locally, I mean, with this Castillo, Miguel Perez uh, Jr., uh, the young kids in, in that era worked with Mark and Chris Youngblood. Uh, the Batons, I mean, a bunch of guys. Yeah, the list goes uh, on and on. The, hey, and, 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 and it was easy matches timing matches because the fans were right there. It's yeah. not it's not it's not time to rush nothing. Yeah. Why you have to rush it? Yeah. If they're right there, they don't they're not going nowhere. They're gonna watch you because I mean when you when the guy, when the boy come out of the dressing room and the people, you know, uh, applaud him and, and, and they come with him and, and be happy because that guy is there, you have half the match already in your pocket. Yeah. So, so what was the, the other half? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. No, the other half of the match you have to paint it inside the ring. Right, right. You know, and easy. Go ahead and tell the story. I mean, that's exactly what we've been yeah. talking about. Um, and this is, yeah. and, you, and we're talking about the WWF and that relationship with Puerto mm-hmm. Rico and, and the World Wrestling Council. And this is something that wasn't Vince Junior who started. The senior had had this relationship going, and like you said, exactly. it gave people the opportunity yeah. not only to see some of these big stars from the, mm-hmm. the states but also it was a great yeah. place to learn if you were somebody coming up who had talent and mm-hmm. that they saw a big future in and so you were exactly. you were in a really uh, great I'll, spot for I, that and when, yeah, when, exactly. what, what was your first relationship go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. what was your first experience with the wwf when you started uh you know getting involved with working with them well, the the person before I didn't even know too much about WWF. Yeah. Uh, and, and the person that got me there was uh, Razor Ramon, Scott Hall. Really? I worked. Uh, yeah, I, I worked with Scott Hall here in Puerto Rico many, many times. Mm-hmm. And uh, when he was the cowboy, Scott Hall. Mm-hmm. And uh, here, here I was working in Japan for New Japan Pro Wrestling. Bam Bam Bigelow was there with me. Yokozuna was there. Fatu was there with me. Vader uh-huh. uh, was there with me. Uh-huh. And uh, we are we are that crew, you know, the heavy crew. Right. And uh, and uh, and here come Bam Bam Bigelow to New York. Here come Yokozuna. So before Yoko went there, I, I told him him and, and Fatu that say hello to Scott. So tell him Scott that I say hello, man. I ain't even seen him in a long time. And after he went over there, Racer Ramon. And uh, one day he say, you know, 
he called him. He said, call him. I said, well, I called him. He said, hey, I talked to the boss, and you have a tryout. Mm -hmm. I said, what? He said, yeah, you go, you're going to have a tryout here, and I want that badass guy here. Yeah. I said, man, thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much. So I went to, from uh, Japan to Syracuse. I did my tryout. So, I mean, I don't, I don't want to be uh, a tough guy or an ass there. Yeah. So I took it easy on my match. Soon I get out of the match, here comes Scott in, in, in the backstage and say, what's going on? I said, what do you mean? He said, that match was shitty. Yeah. I said, what? what do you I mean? He said, where's the bad guy that beat the hell out of me in Puerto yeah. Rico? Yeah. You know? I'm like, uh, well, you know, I took it easy. Like, no, 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 no. I want to see the bad guy. I want to see the TNT. I want to see the guy. I said, okay, man. He said, okay, tomorrow you're going to have another match. Yeah. You know, because they, they look at him like, a, that's what you bring. You know? Oh, right, right. So he right. said, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and, and he said, no, name, tomorrow you're going to have another match. I said, okay, uh, let's do it. So next day I just moved, you know, the way I, I do it. And he said, that's the guy I want to see. There's the bad so guy. After, yeah, after that, they sent me home. Uh -huh. And I finished with Japan. I finished with all the companies because, I mean, uh -huh. the goal was to make it there. Right. They say, well, uh, they wanted, they're going to call you. I say, but I wasn't home for almost four months doing nothing. One day I say, I have it, you know, up to my head. And I just called the, uh, the office and I said, I want to talk to somebody there to tell me if I'm going to have a job or not because I'm dying over here. I'm making the money. Right. And uh, that's when uh, Pat Patterson come on the phone. He said, I apologize. We have so many things here, blah, 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 blah. But you, we're going to call you uh, anytime soon. Okay. So uh, so I went there with them. They called me. Finally, they called me. They say they, they want to make me the Quan gimmick, which which was uh, a TNT with the mask. Right. I was using the, the TNT stuff. Right. And uh, so after that, they say, well, you're going home. Uh, we're going to call you again. I said, all right. So I went to Mexico to make some uh, costumes. So I flew to Mexico. So my, uh, I arrived, I remember, I arrived about a Monday, Monday night. And Tuesday, I called my wife. On Tuesday morning, she said, you have to call the office. They just called, WWF called you. I said, okay. So I called, and it was Anne Russo. I don't know if you remember, mm -hmm. yeah, Anne sure. Russo. Yeah. And, and I called, and, and she said, by that time, it was Quang and Juan. So I don't know what name she called me. And <laughs> right. I say, I, I, she was calling me Quan. Yeah. I say, Quan? I say, yes. Uh, you have to be on a pay-per-view, uh, what is it called? Summers, SummerSlam? SummerSlam, yeah. Uh, or Roy, Ro was it SummerSlam or Royal Rumble? Something, Royal Rumble, Royal Rumble. So you have to be uh, at Royal Rumble some, somewhere. I don't even, even remember where, where was the, 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 the town. Right. Uh, on Saturday. On Friday, something like that. I'm like, a, but I'm in Mexico now. I have to do, I said, no, don't worry. Leave Mexico tomorrow, and you have to be there on Friday. Yeah. I'm like, a, uh, okay. <laughs> so it was easy to change the tickets at that time. Right. So I changed my ticket, changed everything. The guy made my custom right away. I mean, he worked fast. And uh, and I was there in the paper. That's why Luke Borga broke his ankle. That's why they booked me. You know, they said, well, uh, we don't have Borga now. Let's get Savio yeah. uh, or TNT, you know, Quan. So they got me, and I went to the pay-per-view. That was my first pay-per-view. And uh, when I see that check, I went like, what? What the heck? You know, I was so happy. You know, I said, wow. Uh, hmm. Then, you know, I did what I have to do, you know, do do my work the right, 
the, the way they want to do it. They yeah. want, you know, they want the, the job done. Because I understand the business. I understand uh, how do what you have to do inside the ring. Because, I, like I said before, I come with that school of, of, of old timers, and I'm working with these guys. Timing, easy. Hey, I love it. To be honest. Yeah. And what was it uh, you, you, that relationship? Uh, and I don't think a lot of people knew how how uh, you know deep that relationship you had with Scott went, went way back. Because they remember you coming in, and, and he actually introduces you as his old friend. Well, this is when he was raising mm-hmm. Ramon, and yes. his old friend Sabio Vega, which you know was right there to uh, pretty close to reality. Uh, what yep. was it like yep. working with him back then, and especially coming into the WWF and having somebody like that there with you? Well, was was I mean, make me happy. Yeah. You know, uh, like you say, the, the 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 way they introduced the character after almost a year doing Quan yeah. was the uh, his friend from South Bronx yep. come to help help him in Syracuse when uh, Jeff, Jeff got it and the roadie jump on him, blah blah blah. Yeah. And uh, happy, you know. But in that in that transition, uh, Scott no want to have a, a a partner. He don't want to do a tight team, and WWF want him to do a, like a tight team with me. Hmm. Uh, they have a mind put the, the belts on us, but Scott don't want it because he say this is one man territory, you know, and, and I don't want to do the the, the, the tie team, blah blah blah. Nah, well, I say okay, don't worry. I mean, I, I, anyway, they pay me the same. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I did what I had to do, do do my work, uh, and, and happy, you know, happy for for him to 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 help me. Uh, every time that I see him, when I see him. Uh, we talk about it, you know. Yeah. Uh, he jo- he make a joke on me in one of the planes. I, I make a joke on him. He got mad at me big time, but you know it's part of the stories on the road. You know? Yeah. Uh, but happy, happy to be honest to to you know to be there and work with you know such a m- tremendous people. You know, happy, happy. Yeah. What was it like though? I mean, you hadn't really experienced uh, you know what that life was like. I mean, you're traveling all over the country. I, don't, I know oh, you've been to Japan yeah. and everything, but that schedule yeah. was just ridiculous because you were doing so many house shows. Uh, yeah. how, what was that like for you, and did you settle into it? Was it tough? You know what? I, I enjoyed, I enjoyed the wrestling. Then uh, on top of that, I enjoyed to travel. I love to travel. Oh. And, of course, if it's paid for, better yeah. you know and <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so i i love i love my jobs that much the the you know when i went there with, with wwf yeah. and you got you know you have you know to travel to middle east uh, uh europe uh south africa blah 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 yeah. All it's, over the world. it's happy ha- yeah happy to be there uh, in, in South Africa, when we went to, listen to this, when we went to South Africa, uh, before, period of that, uh, you know, we do promotions. So uh, yeah. uh, here, he says, you, you go into Africa, you have to do some promotions. Here's the paper. So he's, uh, you know, hey, I am Sabia Vega and blah, 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 blah. So I finished my, my promos. It's like three, three promos. When I'm walking out, I hear the camera guys say, well, what are you going to do? I say, well, I'm going to lunch because these other guys, they didn't want to do their promos. The other one, he has some of the promos over there. The other one this and the other one that. And, and I say to them, 
if you want, you know, I could do more. He said, you really? Because we have to fill all this, you know. Yeah. I said, well, I know, I know working tonight. So I, let me do the promos. So I started doing promos left and right. Mm -hmm. Left and I changed clothing and let's do another one. The, the story, the, the long story short, when I went to South Africa, those fans, uh, they received me like I was the champion. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know because they saw me. That's great. Because, yeah, but, yeah. but the point is, they put my, my face in every yeah. show. In every show. So when I come out of the dressing room, you hear the crowd going crazy. Yeah. Wow. I'm like, whoa, what is this? And what's about the promos? Yeah. And uh, I did I did my what I have to do. I worked my, my you know, my did did my job there, like you know the way the fans uh, needed to 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 be nice yeah. and clean and you know and happy and happy to be in in South Africa and in other countries. But I enjoy, to be honest, enjoy yeah. uh, work there because the traveling. I love it. I love it. To be honest, I love. It. I miss. It. I miss that. Yeah. Well, along the way, man, you also must miss uh, some of those feuds you had. You had some great ones. I think ones that really stand yes. out. People remember is, you know, the many great matches you had with with uh, Steve Austin. And yes. uh, what was yes. it that that uh, was such great chemistry with you two? Well, the the other day I was talking to somebody else, and, and I mentioned before yeah. uh, when Steve and me met was in in, in South uh, San Antonio, Texas. Uh, that's when Pat come to me and said, Savio, you're going to work with this uh, guy. This is Steve Austin. Mm -hmm. He's going to do his tryout. Let me know what's going on. You're going over. I said, okay. So I, I look at Steve and say, man, I don't know you. You don't know me. Right. Uh, my finish is a spinning kick. Uh, let's call it inside the ring. He said, done. Huh. So we went inside the ring and we worked as a switch watch. Yeah, the yeah. timing the timing was perfect. The match went so nice. Yeah. When I we went back to the dressing room, I shake his hand and say, "Brother, good job." Yeah, and here yeah. come Pat and say, "Savio, tell me." I say, "You see it?" He say, "Yeah." I say, "You tell me." He say, "Look great." I say, "What's great?" I yeah. say, "Good." Tomorrow you working again. Yeah. I say, "Right." So we did another one. Then from that point on, they married us for almost more than one year. Yeah, we no, worked every every great, night. Great matches. Oh, just brawls yeah. though. They were just they were just these great hey. brawls. I don't know. We way. we if you if, if you see it, we went up and downs. You yeah. know, yeah. get the people, get the heat, get yeah. that momentum of hope, taking down, coming up again. Finally, big heat, and boom, come back and go home. Uh, why? Why we got that chemistry? I found out. You know, you know, Steve work in Atlanta area, Dallas area, and I work with most of those guys too here in Puerto Rico. Mm -hmm. So no, don't knowing him, I was he was working with those guys over there, and I was working with those the same almost same guys over here. Yeah. So when we got together, we got that school. We come from the same school without knowing each other. You know, and, and that's why we have that that chemistry in that inside of the ring. Also with Goldust, you know, we have that that uh, momentum of uh, uh, timing and let's call it old time wrestling. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I mean, it was easy for us to to do what we did. 
Yeah, and, and uh, are there others you mentioned? Gold Dust. Or, who were some of the others that you really uh, enjoyed working with? Everybody. I work. Uh, to be honest, I work everybody. Joko uh, Suna. I know the uh, list is uh, long. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, Double J, Jeff Jarrett, yeah. the roadie. When I, you know, that time with Bader, with on the Taker. When I was, I did two matches with Taker, yeah. and we just we just went. Well, okay, we're gonna do this and this. Let's go. You know. We know how, we don't talk too much. What was something that the the already you have that book in your head to to do the right stuff and and what I mean I think one of the main key here is listen to the people. Yeah, you have to listen to them. They will tell you what they want, and you need to right away know what way you're gonna go because if you start doing some spot. And you keep talk, going in that spot and going in that spot, and the people like a, like we say here, coqui coqui, nothing, right. you know. So you you need to change the strategy right there, right away. Yeah. You need to come up with something to make the people pop. Once you got that door, just go. Just go. Yeah. Did you enjoy uh, when when as as your career went along here with the WWE? Uh, being involved in these factions that they would have. There were so many, like Nation of Domination and mm -hmm. uh, eventually the uh, Los uh, Bariquas. Los Bariquas. Yeah, yep. which was just great. Uh, did you enjoy those? Because, I mean, you talk about being able to develop storylines. Uh, uh -huh. I think th those were some some really great times when they had these, when, these factions. When, yeah, when, when they uh, turned me heel in yeah. the Madison Square Garden against Ahmed Johnson, yeah. To be in the nation of domination, I love that nation of domination stuff. Yeah. Love it. Looks so serious. Looks so mean, you know. And uh, and every time we walk out, you people look at us like, uh, "What's real heat?" You know, they yeah. they you know they look at us. They they don't look at it as uh, oh wrestlers. No, they what's some heat there? Yeah. And uh, then we we break and we bring the the. The rest of the Boricuas, the DOA guys, and the nation uh, was something different, you know. Oh, then, you know, and I don't oh, think you could yeah. get away with that now because of yeah, of the yeah. racial tensions that would be that that would bring up. But at the time, there it was, it, like you said, it was something you really hadn't seen. Where they uh -huh. basically that was a storyline. You had these different yes. uh, groups. Yeah, La, uh, Los Boricuas, mm -hmm. the Puerto Ricans. They had yeah. you had the uh, yeah. the disciples of the apocalypse, which was basically uh, this, yeah, this you know biker yeah. gang kind of thing. And then, uh -huh. and, yeah. and uh, it was really a, a really interesting period of time to be able to tell stories like that and how people came came together in a sense. And, you know, uh -huh. they, they yeah. had wars and uh, but like I said, you couldn't you couldn't tell those stories now. People are way too uh -huh. sensitive, you know. Yeah, and when when except Crush, I worked with Crush, rest in peace, so great, great person. Yeah. I worked with him here in Puerto Rico uh, uh, when he was the one of the demolitions. Then uh, I worked with the DOA guys with Harris, the Harris brothers. Yeah. Worked with them here in Puerto Rico too. Yeah. Uh, um, and uh, Brian Lee. We all went to WWF, so we know each other. And and when we got there, it was easy for us to do what we did because we already did, you know. Yeah. And uh, with the with the Boricuas, I mean, I worked like like I said before, 
I, I had in the interview, uh, back in the interview, I, I, I worked with Miguel Perez, uh, you know, against him, Titan, and Castillo also, and Estrada too. So we all come from the same school. And it was so easy for us to work in the ring. When I, when I do the, uh, uh, the trainings in, in some gyms that I go in, here in the States or here in Puerto Rico, I teach the guys how to work a tight team match. Mm-hmm. And always I, I refer them to uh, a match that Miguel and me did against the headbangers in, in UK. Uh, was something UK uh, pay-per-view or something. In uh, and, and that match, uh, I told the guys all the time, go and watch that match. Yeah. And see the movement that we did to work as a tight team. Yeah. Uh, the way we grabbed that, that match and took it to the level in where, I mean, we, the, the headbangers went over, but we are the heels. We are the, the ones make them look great. Yeah. So we, that's what Miguel and me did. Yeah. We, we work a masterpiece tight team match. And, and that match was, well, I, you know, I've seen it once in a while and I see the movement, the, the way Miguel and me do this, do that. So, these days, you don't see that on, on, on matches. Yeah. I mean, nothing. No, and you, don't, and, and, and you don't see the, the, the tag teams anymore. I mean, I know when uh, during mm-hmm. the 80s, guys, I think they had as many tag teams as they had singles, and it was, uh, you know, as, it, was, it was over just as much as, as any of them. You don't, you don't see uh-huh. that anymore. But like I said, it, I, I always thought that was just such an effective way to tell stories and entertain people. That I really, yeah. I really miss that, and probably it, it's so much harder. You know, it's harder not hard enough for singles competition to try and tell a story, but then to develop these these you know deep storylines like they had with the the factions and these different tag teams. Uh-huh. You don't have that, uh, and, uh, and I, 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 I sorely uh, miss that. I really do. Yeah, and and, and too, you know, it's like I say, they they wanna they wanna do the te- the television so. Like a magazine, by the way, you yeah. know, you, you switch pages and different stuff in the magazine. So it has to be a segment here, segment there. Let's do a match. Then you see so many punch, uh, camera punch, left and right, left and right, punch here, you know, camera here, camera. It's like, uh, okay, you watch it, but it's like, I don't know, keep the camera there. Let's, the people enjoy a little bit, you know. Uh, but that's the way they, they do TV these days. Yeah, it's a, it's a different world, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, we mentioned the Los Bariquas, and, and uh, you must be, I, I don't know how much throughout your career, but representing your country, in a sense, has that always been so important to you? And that and we talked about the rich tradition of what Puerto Rico has brought to the to professional wrestling. Yes, very, very much. We are, we are we Puerto Ricans, we are very proud of the, uh, of the island. Yeah. I mean, we we love our flag. Uh, I mean, it's something the you have to be a Puerto Rican to say, okay, I understand now. You yeah. know, uh, it's so, something the the make us make us proud to be us. Right now, Puerto Rico is going through some problems with the government yeah. here. You yeah. know, and I don't know if you see the news. Oh yeah, you I see. Do it every day. Uh, I mean, over <laughs> over over a million people went on on uh, march yesterday yeah uh you know and this saturday is going to be another one and i believe it's going to be more people because it's a saturday they closed the mayor malls 
here in the in San Juan area yeah. because I mean afraid maybe, but it's going to be so many people, so they close the malls. Uh, and 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 this is not about the politicians or politic. It's about what's going on in the island with us, the Puerto Ricans. Yeah. This government is no good. Uh, we catched him, you know, stolen, and he had to go out. He had to he had to leave the big, uh, uh, you know, the the government. He had to gone. Yeah. Uh, and right now, it's a big troubles here. But like I say, we are very proud. Yeah. Puerto Ricans are proud. Yeah. Still recovering from uh, from the hurricane, oh. and, and that's still uh, I well, know, a big part of what. Uh, yeah, a few few things still, you know, here there, but it's uh, I could say it's a ninety nine point ninety nine percent already up. Oh, Everything great. is okay, you know. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, few houses, of course, still with the blue uh, uh, ceiling, you know, yeah. and uh, people help here there every day. Somebody helping some somebody else to, to get well. That's what that's part of the uh, government, uh, the trouble that this uh, uh, governor have. Yeah. You know, they they stole money. They hide water. They they hide the money for for the recovery. Uh, I mean, so many things they they mess with the schools. They mess with the with the health. You know, so two two things very important for us here in Puerto Rico and this asshole because that's the right word. Mm-hmm. He missed with all that, and he he's going out. He's, yeah. he, and now he's holding in in the chair because uh, they say they're gonna uh, re- residential him, something like that. Yeah. I don't know if the right word in English, yeah. but he have to go out. He have to go out. Yeah. Well, I know that the people there say they won't rest until he's gone. So uh, oh, said the people oh. are a, a proud uh, proud people, and um, uh, you know the majority is going to rule here, <laughs> right? Exactly. Exactly. Uh, Savio, it's been yeah. awesome really talking to you. Um, how Thank can you. how can our listeners get in touch with you? Do you have uh, a Twitter yes. or, or what do you? How, yes. how can they get in touch with you? In, in Twitter, you can find me as at Savio Vega. On Instagram, is Tio. It's T I O, like Tio. It's like uncle. Yep. I'm gonna tell you in a moment that that story. Tio, T I O, Savio Vega. That's an Instagram. Uh, on Facebook. I got two pages. They're full already. Hmm. But you could go on Savio Vega uh, official fan page. Savio Vega official fan page. That's my uh, page. And uh, uh, on Twitter, uh, like I say, at Savio Vega and also as at Ninja TNT and Twitter. Hmm. So you could find me there. All the fans could go there and uh, uh, write me something. I uh, always uh, answer back when I have the time. Talk to some of the fans and uh, say hello to them, and uh, I'm happy. The other day I was in uh, Cleveland, Ohio, mm-hmm. and this guy come up with a picture when he was a kid, yeah. and he's already a grown old man. Yeah. Was, he says, this picture is almost 25 years. I went, wow, and he, we took a picture with him and the picture before and after. That's great. And uh, nice. I mean, uh, it, it's make, make, you know, make me happy, yeah. to be honest, to, to, to be with the... Uh, and the the, the word tio t i o here in Puerto Rico when I when I uncle when I was doing the uh, the, the big time character general manager of the IWA Puerto Rico uh-huh. I was the bad guy you know you got a general manager which is a uh, son of a gun yeah. and uh, and uh, when I turned baby face 
uh, I, I say one time to, to before the baby face, we, we did a show in uh, Father's Day, and here come, good house, and I start talking, you know, uh, congratulations to all the, you know, all the pa papas, the puppies yeah. uh, around the world, you, you parents, if you know who you are, I mean, who, you, who they are, you know. When I say that, all the fans got mad <laughs> and start yelling at me and say bad words to me. So when I turn baby face, I say, uh, maybe your dad is not here, but your uncle Savio is here. <laughs> Tio. So from that day, the fans start calling me Tio Savio and, and, and ask me for, the, for me to bless them, you know, to bendiciones, you yeah. know. Yeah. And it's 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 good, and, you know. Uh, when that's when you have the control of the fans, yeah. and you know what to do, uh, and do the right thing. So uh, make me proud and make me happy. To to every time that I go in the ring, to, uh, you know, the people uh, go happy with my with my work. Yeah, well, you're still making them happy, and uh, what a what an incredible career, uh, Savio. And I want to thank you so much for thank coming you. on Primetime. And I hope I, I uh, catch up with you sometime down the road. Yes, sir. We will. Thank you very much. And, and something in Spanish. Uh, para toda la gente que me está escuchando, muchas, muchas gracias. Eh, es un honor haber estado aquí hablando con ustedes. Eh, estamos aquí en Puerto Rico con lo que es IWA Puerto Rico. Síguenos buscando en la página de YouTube. Y, y muchas bendiciones a todos de parte de Tío Sabio Vega, porque las cosas son a mi manera o para la calle. Oh, Shen, and you have to tune in, uh, in YouTube. You look for us as IWA Puerto Rico. You can see our shows there. Uh, every every Saturday at one o'clock is a brand new show coming up. All right, fantastic! I will definitely thank you. Catch it, and all you folks out there listening, be sure you check it out. Thank you. All right, I hope you enjoyed that conversation I had with uh, Savio Vega or Juan Rivera. Uh, as his uh, is his real name, but uh, you know everybody knows him as Savio, and I, I I think that you could just hear the excitement in his voice, the as he he you know thought back to all these uh, memories that he had in professional wrestling, uh, just told some great stories. I love hearing about uh, his relationship with Razor Ramon. <laughs> he talks about Scott Hall and cutting off his his ponytail. It took him a long time for for him to forgive him for that, but. But, you know, that, that's just uh, giving you a little insight uh, into the business. And, man, uh, just how fantastic uh, it was. I mean, just uh, what, a, what a great, uh, great uh, you know, career that he had. Uh, I have to uh, uh, ask you to forgive me for some of the audio there. Uh, when I talked to Savio, uh, he, I was talking to him from Puerto Rico. And I think that, um, you know, that uh, there's a lot of dogs in Puerto Rico, <laughs> And I think most of them live next door to Savio. That's why I'm not a kid, but uh, I have to apologize for some of that audio during our conversation. You know, sometimes you have to get these guests uh, wherever they are, and it's not always in the greatest surroundings. Uh, nonetheless, I really love talking with Savio. Love the way he talked about character, characters, you know, characters. I lo love that because, uh, you know, it's uh, and all about storytelling. Great love for the business. Uh, thank you, Savio Vega, for, for coming on. Uh, once again, uh, join us on Patreon. We continue to grow, man. We're getting close to 100 Patreon members. And uh, if you've been a Patreon member, you know that uh, we are very active on there. And I love hearing from you guys. We do uh, watch-alongs. Uh, we do Q&As. Uh, you know, uh, we do 
uh, birthday shout outs, which is uh, one of the things I love about it. So, you know, I come on and go, happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. And this week I am saying happy birthday to Dan Letzka, whose uh, birthday is August 1st, uh, which would be tomorrow uh, from uh, uh, once this uh, episode drops, if you're listening to it on Wednesday. But uh, Dan's birthday is August 1st. Also, Ken Sorrell uh, is August 3rd. Ken, happy birthday, my friend. Uh, just one of the uh, parts of being a Patreon member. We don't forget your birthday. and We won't do that. But uh, we'd love to have you join us if you haven't yet. What the heck are you waiting for? All you have to do is go to patreon.com slash primetimemooney. That's patreon.com slash primetimemooney. All right, we've got another great episode coming up. Uh, Patreon members will decide just who. And we just added Del Wilkes to the list. Just had a great conversation with him. Uh, guys, hey, help us out. I uh, would love to get uh, more reviews on iTunes. That really, really helps us out. If, uh, if you ever get on there, please subscribe and uh, give us a review and a rating. Five stars would be fantastic because it helps us on those charts. It gets the word out uh, to have more people joining us, and it allows us to keep doing what we're doing. And uh, we love having you listen. If you'd like to email me, about anything that's going on with Primetime Mooney, want to uh, ask me any questions or uh, give us some feedback or uh, ask for us to track down a certain guest, all you have to do is go to primetimemooney at gmail.com. Just send it to primetimemooney at gmail.com, and I will answer you. I check that uh, email account every single day. All right? And as I mentioned, another great episode coming up next week. Until then, I'm Sean Mooney, and I am out. Out.